Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Okay, today on uh, the Do Divorce Right podcast, I would like to introduce you to Sam, who was kind of an unofficial client of mine a long time ago. So Sam and I have been friends for a very long time, and I helped coach her through a pretty shitty time in her divorce um, before I was actually a divorce coach. She has an incredible story of successful co-parenting, and I can't wait for people to hear about this. Not only does Sam juggle a full-time job as a chief strategy officer at a successful digital agency with solo parenting to gorgeous children, and oh my God, they are so gorgeous. I've got a big crush on your little boy. That is so great. Um, And a fabulously full social life. But she lives around the corner from her ex-husband, both of whom have introduced new partners into the mix along the way. Sam, there's no doubt that you're a fabulous human being uh, and I'm in awe of you and especially how you cope with this co-parenting arrangement. So can you tell people in your words, what are the specifics of the arrangement that you have with your ex? Um, I can. So, well, first of all, I'll give you some background. So Brett and I were together for 10 years and we've now been apart for six years. And in fact, that um, that anniversary of the breakup is coming up in November, and we kind of celebrate that now as like a little bit of. Do a day. you? And and how before, do you celebrate it? I just so buy him a stupid about... gift. <laughs> and does he buy you one? Or I you don't think really he doesn't. It's or... my thing. It makes me feel feel about myself. But and I send Great. him a you know a, a text and call him a dickhead or something like that. Anyway, yeah. um, so it's around. It was around November and. Um, I was the one that left the family home. Um, I'm lucky to be financially independent. And before I left the family home, I really just Googled the shit out of all different sorts of parenting arrangements. So I had a look at, my kids were really young when um, when I left. Freddie was only 11 months old. Esme would have been three. Um, So it was really important to not try and come up with an arrangement that took the kids away from me too much or from from their dad. you know, regardless of what I felt for him at the time. And I was having a look online and there was this kind of arrangement around this 50-50 and um, had a look at it. And we still stick to that arrangement now. So we both agreed on it. Well, I made the plan and came to him and said, here's what I think. And he was like, yeah. Um, So you stick now to the agreement that you made six years ago. Yep. Amazing. All right. So um, the the way that we separate the week, and remember, he's he's got a different job to me. So he needs certain nights free of the week. I've got a job where I need to be have focus time in the week. So every Saturday at 11.30 in the morning, I pick the kids up from him. Um, and I have the kids all the way through to Wednesday morning. And sometimes I drop the kids off at school on Wednesday or he'll pick them up from my house. And then they're with him until the Saturday. And it's exactly the same every single week, week in, week out. Um uh, I find that works for us because it means I know where I'm at professionally. I know that um, I travel a lot in my job. So I know every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I can be in Sydney, I can be in Brisbane, I can be where I need to be. He's an actor. He knows he can be on stage or, or an opening night on a Friday. 
Um, but there's massive flexibility in our arrangement. Yeah, um, there would have to be. I think that's that's also the key. It's it's learning to not hate each other enough to be flexible with each other. So example is I've got to go to a pitch in Sydney in two weeks. Um, you know, I need him to have the kids on the Thursday night because I've got to fly super early in the morning. He's okay with that. Um, you probably know this. You know, he went off on a holiday this year. He went to the States. He went, went skiing to Japan. Um, and I took the kids for that time and I, I just had to make some arrangements. But the trick is to be super flexible. Um, you know, I take Saturdays, Saturdays back when I want to go away for the weekend. Um, and it's just keep talking, give people notice when you need to take the extra days or not. School holidays, we do a little bit differently. We do like a week on, week off. Yeah. So, um, you know, every school holidays is two weeks. So the first week's always mine. Otherwise, it wouldn't kind of work out fair because I would end up having the kids for a really long time after the second week. Um, and yeah, that works super well too because then I get to get a week off and either work or do what I want. But I can really plan that week with the kids. But, you know, there's, there's other times around that where they want to go away and take the kids somewhere else, normally led by his partner, Amy. Um, and that's okay too, you know. I'm happy to have extra free time. It just Yeah, I was going to ask about that because if your arrangement is that you pick them up Saturday morning, that means every weekend is with yeah. you. Where's the Sam time? Where's, where's your Sam weekend? The Sam time is um, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. Like Friday night's always been my favourite night to go out. I actually really yeah. want to spend my weekends with them though, right? You know, as and I now. They're not going to want to spend that much more time with me when they start getting to be teenagers. They're going to want to do what they want at weekends. Um, but like I said, you know, Fred's pretty flexible. I probably have taken quite a few Saturdays back off of him and gone away for weekends. Yeah. But I feel like I get a lot of time to myself. And those three days where I'm alone or three and a half days, whatever they work out as, um, by the time it comes around to that Friday night, I've missed them enough to really look forward to getting them getting them at 11 30 on Saturday. Yeah, that's gorgeous. It's so nice to be able to have a balance of time away from them, time with them. As you know, I don't get that anymore. I'm not co-parenting. Yeah. The children never go to their dads. And part of me misses that so that I could have that's when my come over to own time. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like you're um even your time away from the kids, you're working so much. Mm. Yeah, it's, sometimes Lucky I Do love you my struggle job, to right? put the Sam stuff in there? Yeah. Not really. I mean, if I go to Sydney, I make sure I go out to dinner with friends. Um, I try and build my exercise into the days that they're not with me. So it does get pretty busy and it yeah. does make it hard for other people to come into my life. I will admit, you know, there, there's not that much time or space uh, for another partner, which I've definitely experienced over the last couple of years. But that's yeah. okay because I feel massively fulfilled in the things that I've got in my life. Um, and I just try and balance out. I think if I didn't love my job as much as I love my job, it would be a different story. I would probably right. feel a little bit more resentful and I would work towards a different structure with him, but it works perfectly for, it has worked perfectly for the last six years, right? Yeah, but let's give you a bit more credit for that. You don't love your job because the job is gifting you that. You love your job because you've co-created yes. what it is and you've yeah. set your intentions and gone out and worked yeah, hard to, to do what you do you know yeah. it could have gone any way you could have done what your bosses had asked you to do which was not to play into your strengths perhaps you would have been managing an office instead of doing the strategic leadership you know, it's, it's really we'll interesting see. I was thinking about this when I knew I was going to be talking to you and going back to when I moved out of the house and Freddie was 11 months old and I was only just coming out of mat leave and that yeah. was like a <laughs> I went back into work as a new in a new job 
So I had broken up with my husband. I had moved house. And I had a brand new job as a head of planning at that time. With a baby. In, with a baby. Yeah. In that lead up to Christmas where, you know, Christmas is fraught with danger with divorced really families. Is. And I, I barely remember that time. I barely remember that two months of, so you're right, I've worked hard at curating the life I have now. And I kind of have conveniently forgotten how hard it was in those that first year. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh gosh, there's kind of a couple of different ways I want to go here. I want to pull at a few of those <laughs> threads. Go for it. Um, I'll I'll try and come back to them. Um, in case I forget anything. All right, let, let's pull at the thread of other partners because yeah. I find this quite fascinating. You've both you've both had multiple partners in those six years, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk about the first time one of you wanted to introduce a new partner into yeah, the mix and how that went down. All right. So Sam's bringing a new man in. How did that, that was me. Go? Um, it's hard to remember because it, it was in that first year of when I'd moved out. Um, and actually, Brett was very grown up about it. We met in a pub. We had this. So in, in our agreement, we were like, if we want to introduce new people to the kids, we have to introduce them to each other first, right? They're yeah. not idiots. Fair enough. Um, and what if they are like, idiots? <laughs> you have veto power you're not introducing and, this one <laughs> uh, or then we all realize that later on right but um <laughs> yeah. so the first time I introduced Brett to the guy I was seeing at the time in a pub around the corner um it was super awkward because it was the first time yeah. we, that we'd done it but everybody was grown up we had a half an hour drink um you know for all the things that happened in my marriage Brett's very good at people and making feel people feel comfortable and he wanted to really make him feel comfortable and so did I so once we got over that awkwardness and then he met someone not long after that and we met um and for me it was really just about making sure that those people loved my children you know respected him as a dad with those the times that he has with the kids and we've never had a problem you know in the in the couple of partners the partner he's with now he's been with for three years yeah and I probably like her more than him, to be honest. I think I've heard that <laughs> <laughs> You realise this is a public <laughs> podcast, right? This is uh, going to get out. <laughs> no, she's, um, she's awesome. So, yeah. you know, I think, right, again, we've just addressed it by being grown-ups. Yeah. All right, let's go into that. What's the most awkward situation I guess you've had? This it's It sounds very grown-up. It sounds very ideal, which is obviously why I wanted to talk to you about it. But... So for Brett to meet this new man in your life, he must have been in a place where he had also grieved the marriage. He wasn't trying to win you back. You're not yeah. trying to win his him back. Was there any any advice you could give to people around the place that you need to be to be able to let go get like that? To that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the difference between men and women is women know that the relationship is over when they're in the relationship. So we mourn and grieve within the relationship. If it's our choice. Most yeah. of the time. And then a lot of men are kind of like, whoa, what just happened? Um, for me, so I can't speak to how Brett dealt with it, but I can say how I dealt with it. So you obviously, there's a lot of anger involved in um, in breakups. And I think the way that I've lived my life is I try to reframe everything with a with a positive light. So, you know, reframing, feeling guilty about things to feeling grateful about things. And so I reframed, in my mind, the leaving of him and the breakup of my of my marriage as freedom. And as soon as I yeah. saw it as freedom, I was able to 
either live with or let go of the anger that I felt because no one wants to wake up every single day feeling annoyed. It eats at you. I just, I'm a positive person. I need to reframe things. And so the reframing of all of that allowed me to just kind of let that stuff go, really. I'm not saying it wasn't hard, but I I had to like sort of really coach myself through it. And was there, did you have to coach Brett through that as well? No, see, I don't. No, Brett was. Um, I can't really speak to how he dealt with it all. Um, Might interview said, him separately. <laughs> maybe you should. I mean, what I do know about Brett, and as an actor, he's very emotionally in touch with himself. So yeah. probably more so than me at times. So I feel like he had found a way to let his feelings out, acknowledge them, and, and move on. I'm not sure a lot of men are able to do that. Like, you you know him, he's he's an emotional guy. So I feel like that kind of training in, in a, having to understand his own emotions and bring them out in his work allowed him to do that in, in moving on and accepting Amazing. other partners and, and vice versa. Yeah. All right, then, let's get a little bit gossipy. Um, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to ask you yes. anything inappropriate. <laughs> okay. Tell mm. me about awkwardness in bringing – you've got some – awesome examples of how weird and wonderful your relationship is and I wonder which ones you might pull up um oh god I can't think of any I mean there's a couple of you mean like awkward I can. situations okay you tell what well, you remind well, me let's have let, let um the one I'm thinking of in particular is mother's days in these last few years yeah um but maybe you've got better stories. So what oh, I the, remember. The Mother's Days. Go on, go on. You no, you tell me that. what you remember. All right. Well, what I remember about this is that it's coming towards Mother's Day. It Obviously, Mother's Day is on a Sunday, isn't it? So the kids yeah. are with you, um, but you can't, you know, support them in, in celebrating you. That should be their, their dad's job. Yeah. And that it was your ex-husband's girlfriend <laughs> who took the children to buy you a Mother's Day gift yeah. and helped deliver it while he was in bed having a sleep. Yes. Is that about right? That, Is that's that about right? right. And it's happened more than once. That, so there was another year where um, I'd sort of said to him the day before, remember to get me some, get, go with the kids and let them choose me some flowers or something like that because normally they do such great stuff at school. I don't yeah. need presents and stuff. Like the stuff they make at school was good enough. But then again, <laughs> on a Saturday, like his partner Amy had taken them to the flower shop so that Brett could have a shower <laughs> and helped them <laughs> and then took a picture of her with my kids. So <laughs> to me going, the kids are choosing you some flowers. I mean, lovely. Oh, um, cute. And then bought me some beautiful flowers. And then, um, you know, they I, I got them on the Saturday. Um, more recently, so Amy, his partner, she uh, runs her own fashion label. And yeah. so this year I was the lovely recipient of one of her items of clothing. Um, yeah. Chosen, which, great. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of her leading that. And I don't find it awkward. It's just, it is what it is, right? You yeah, know, yeah. I, I try not to get annoyed at the things that annoyed me about him in the marriage anymore. You just kind of accept it and and kind of laugh about it. And I'm very happy to receive fashionable gifts on Wednesday. Absolutely. Um, and like this guy's not going anywhere, right? He's the father That's of your right. children forever. So right. letting go of what has pissed you off in the marriage is just the right way to go have you so you left in November and we're coming up to Christmas time now and there's people thinking like how the hell are they going to get through this not that I'm asking you to remember that first Christmas but let's talk about how do you manage how do you manage that 
now? What, yeah. Do you have, have you created new traditions? Mm-hmm. Do you take it in turns? What, is, what does Christmas look like? So the one thing that is consistent is we rotate every year who gets the kids on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning so that um, it doesn't matter where we are in the routine of the days on, days off. Um, right. We rotate that so that everybody gets, you know, you, you put the kids to bed, you have the magic of, you know, them waking up in your house. So this year is his turn for that. So that's, that's the only thing that's consistent. I'm not going to lie. Christmas makes me a little bit anxious because we don't really, because it's a six-week holiday, there's yeah. kind of no week-on, week-off thing that we do. We we actually sit down around September, October time, and I go, I would like to do this. Um, now we've got Amy's family in the mix who live down the coast. He's also trying to manage his own family and her family because she loves the kids so much. She wants the kids to be um, introduced into their new traditions. Um so it's kind of a little bit freestyle, I'm not gonna lie. We yeah. sit down and we try and work it out. And it and it might end up being, you know, if you're the person having that Christmas day, then you kind of get the flow on from that. And we do like five days on, five days off. Honestly, it's so not uniformed. And we're okay. just working that out at the moment. But that okay. does give me a little bit of anxiety because I do, you know me, I like to know where I'm gonna be and what I'm doing. And I want to plan things as well. So that's probably the only bit that we're, yeah, we're a lot more fluid on that each year okay and if they spend the morning waking up at yeah Brett's i go house, there yeah i, I love that you just six. live a street away right? <laughs> yeah i get <laughs> up and put Christmas. my pajamas on and i turn up although they tend to sleep in longer at his house which is annoying but i let's say it's it's his turn this year i will get up in my pajamas and go over there at seven o'clock we'll all open presents together um and you're we absolutely work? welcome there's no yes, can yeah, you come of and later year, you put them later yeah. um so he will always have a Christmas lunch with his family. Obviously, I live in Australia. My, my family are in the UK. Every year I'm invited to Christmas with his sisters, his parents. Like there, there's never – and I can decide if I want to go. So right. on where there's I no am. problem if you choose not to go. If I choose not to and have a quiet afternoon, that's okay. Or if I feel like I don't want to be alone because it's you can find that day quite difficult, yeah. um, then I will go. But there's this kind of mix between, you know, feeling lonely and wanting to be alone. So it's just finding that balance on the headspace that you're in on that day. And, and then respecting being, your own And yeah, then your being own okay as well when I say I'm going to head off now if I go. Um, yeah. So I've been invited for Christmas Day this, this year and I'll probably go. And then he'll probably take the kids to see Amy's family mid-afternoon. And that's actually perfect for me because it's not too much. And then yeah. I'll get some, you know, alone time. So pretty fluid. So just thinking about traditions then. So this is, you're you're saying it's fluid, but it does sound like there's some structure around it. You know, the the fact that you have the different mornings that you're, the other person is always welcome. So let me just ask that, I guess. So if the, if the Christmas presents morning is happening at your house, Brett is also welcome. And and Amy Amy too. So from the first year that they got together, they will both turn turn up at my house at seven o'clock. They'll hate it because they like to sleep in, but yes, they'll come. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so there um there's structure around it even though it yeah. feel might feel fluid to you there's there's certainly day, an, an there's agreement definitely about two yeah. days we know what we're doing yeah are there any other traditions that you've had to let go of because as a couple you used to do things specifically around like easter or holidaying at someone's home Not or really. and right? i think that's because my situation is quite different because i live so far away from my family yeah, and their traditions in the uk yeah. um so no like it was really if anything I like the fact that I get to choose what to do on my own time um 
so that no okay. there's no real we do we do and you know if, if i've got the kids on easter sunday i'll always do an easter egg hunt he's welcome to come to that but there's there's nothing really but if they're with him happen. you don't have to organize it it's, it's not like yeah yeah anyway, so yeah, cool you know there's nothing really that i've had to create that's new i just um or have let go because we always kind of caught up with his family so it's really it's up to me if i want to be involved yeah i think you're a parenting inspiration one of the things that i love that you do is like well you've said yourself um you get to friday you've had enough time away from them to actually miss them and look forward to it and what i love your parenting inspiration is that on the weekends you plan all of these activities with the kids it's not yeah. I don't see you ever just sitting around bored there's something going on always you're visiting animal farms you're yeah. you know taking little trips down the beach whether it's day trips or weekends away there's always I think that's me and my energy and me getting bored as well like I yeah yeah sure we'll have a day where we um hang around but by three o'clock in the afternoon you kind of go I need to go and do something yeah and I think that's born of when I left and Freddie was 11 and Esme was three 11 months yeah uh, 11 months that's a long day to, to do something with kids of that age group so I always had to go I just need an outing or I need like these points in my day that make that day easier for me and it's just continued as they've got older and they're easier now yeah. you know six and nine but they like doing things too you know they they like getting there's so much to do in melbourne like we live in a great place we live close to town yeah. um and yeah and it's about creating those memories of this life that they've grown up maybe i'm overcompensating yeah. for us being a divorced family who knows i really don't think so you said yourself you're bringing your own energy into mm. that um but i don't want any listeners to feel like they're failing at parenting because <laughs> they're not doing that no, because I my children my are thing. really hard to pull out of their rooms like yeah. mine are 13 Your and 10 older, yeah a little bit but I like getting active I like you know let's go for a family cycle and there's always a resistance oh no yeah come on <laughs> don't get me wrong there's resistance sometimes in what and you know wanting to get out even just to walk the dog but like yeah. I said your, your kids are a little bit older than mine that's six and nine they still I am still the center of fun that, that isn't always going to be the case. That's and I'm pretty so sure good. that when they're your kids' age, that there'll be way more resistance in what they want to do. So I'm enjoying it whilst I can. I wonder. Let's wait and see. <laughs> when they're 13, they'll probably look into you like, Mum, what fun is there for today? You know, what are we doing? You're the, the fun, what did you call it? The captain of fun or something? Yeah. Um, are there any examples? I just think about your co-parenting arrangement. Are there any examples where it has gone horrendously wrong or even just a little bit wrong um and what did you do about it um there was a there was an example a couple of years ago but I really can't remember what the situation was um it was to do with um one of the family Christmases so so Brett's family is enormous uh, and there's like two sides of his family and there are these other Christmas days that they had and I was invited to one and then the new girlfriend was invited and then I got not invited. Oh. And, and then, which hurt, but I was kind of okay with it. But then it got really confusing for the kids. And so that was, it didn't feel great. Um, and we kind of, you know, we, we fell out for a little bit after that. But you realise, again, it go, you start revisiting those feelings of how you felt annoyed and then having to talk myself down about, 
it was one day. It's not the end of the world. We just need to get over it. Um, other things where not where it's gone wrong, but you know, when, when he wanted to go to Japan, that was fine. I, I, when he says I'm going away for three weeks, the first thing I do is panic. Like internally, I'm like, fuck, I've got this. This three weeks one. with the children. Yeah, but it's not. It wasn't. It's not about the kids and managing kids. It's about managing my job. So yeah. it's kind of like the, uh, the diary is booked up. I've got travel lined up, and so that that's where the anxiety comes when a trip pops up, where I really have to sit down and work out where's my support network in this time, and how am I managing that? And I'm just lucky that his parents are often available to help me too. So amazing. Um, Let me talk through that support network a little bit more yeah, detail. So yeah, what does that support look like to you? So you've got you're you are a single mom. You're solo parenting yeah. half half of the time. Your ex-husband goes away for three weeks. You have a high-powered job, like a, a very intense job. I know the hours that you work. Um, so who is in your support network? So first of all, it's actually the people that I work with, right? So we yeah. are, yeah, uh, my leadership team is a really diverse mix of people. They all know I'm a single mum. It's part of who I am. So if they, my first place is to tell them that this is what's happening and you know, I am the master of my own hours. So people don't care if I need to take some days off as long as I manage it, right? So so my first port of call is always the, the friends that I have at work. They understand yeah. my situation. And I think that's really important to be honest with people that you work with so that they can understand Agreed. your situation, right? So that's the first support network. The second one is my friends. Um, yeah. Now, whether or not they physically come around and help me, it's just the mental support sometimes of being able to talk to somebody. Um, you know, I've got some friends around the corner that I just need help in terms of, all right, well, it, I need to put in a catch-up so the kids can play or I need to have something that I know that can keep them occupied. Do you um, have someone helping with school pickup or anything like that? No. I back to okay. that into my working life. I, I make a point of school pickups to literally block that out in my diary as a reoccurring invite. So that is one thing that, you know, a lot of parents don't get to experience. And I think post-pandemic, it's really important for me to pick my, pick my kids up from school. Even okay. if we come home and we do homework together for an hour and I do work, I just want to be there for that time. If anything, I the the other support network that helps me around school will be, you know, what, what the government provides in terms of after-school care. So oh, yeah. absolutely lean into that when I need to. Um, and there's a great program at my school. Um, and then, you know, like I said, my friends, so people always offer to come around. Um, if I need to go and exercise, you know, my friend Jenny would come around easily for an hour. And I've got, a dog, I've got a dog yeah. and a cat too. So sometimes it's not, it's like, can somebody walk the dog for me? It's not, can you come and look after the kids? Um, so you just, you just find a way to work through it. And then obviously the third part is Brett's family. So again, yeah. he is fully aware that he has family in this country and I don't. So his parents yeah. will always help if that situation arises and even his sisters would too. So it's really just about rallying those three different things around that time to make it work for me. And if I could paraphrase that then, mm. paraphrasing how do you build a support network that works for you, yeah. it's be crystal clear about what your needs are and yep. share with people yep. you're a single parent, you're going to need to block out this amount of time. Yep. Um, so being crystal clear, telling people and asking people for help. Yeah. Would that be fair to say yeah. you've got to be be clear, tell people what you need and be brave enough to ask 
Yeah, people. and the asking bit a lot of people don't like doing, right? And right. a lot of people I think it's work, an exercise. don't also like to state their situation as well, but it's we've moved past that now. I think be honest about the support you need from work because there's other different groups of people that are getting support at work. So so why shouldn't you as a single parent? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So my final question for you is what advice would you give someone who is trying to negotiate a co-parenting arrangement right now? It's hard. We've got to take the emotion out of it. Um, And whether that's what I said earlier about reframing this as an opportunity for freedom or reframing it as an opportunity uh, to get time to yourself, but you're not going to get anywhere if it's emotionally fraught, you know, you, you have to, and maybe that's finding a space to have the conversation where you are less emotional about it. Um, yeah, that's that's super hard because not everybody breaks up like I break up, you know, everybody has a different circumstance. So yeah, of course. I, I know a lot of friends that have used mediation and I think they've found that helpful to have somebody else there mediating those conversations and I think definitely lean into that because there's the government provides that service yeah. if you need yeah. it um <clears throat> but it would be yeah taking the emotion out of it I mean I actually could not do my job if I wasn't divorced I didn't get the support in my marriage to do the job that I do right so reframing oh it my gosh but isn't that crazy right reframing did you hear that as... you couldn't do your amazing job yeah. If you weren't divorced. I wasn't supported strange. enough in the marriage to yeah. deliver what I need to deliver and give what I give of myself into that role um, because of the role that I played in that family unit. So yeah. knowing All of that, the emotional labour, the physical labour. The, yeah. I do, and I don't know, I do find as well that in some of the experiences that I have been through with other people and their breakups, Sometimes I find that some of the women I know have tried to retain more control of the kids through that process, almost out of spite. And I think people have to realise, like, and and maybe that's because there's the last element of control is at least I can have the kids all the time and the the dads get them every other weekend, right? That only hurts you. It hurts you and and the kids and the dad. But really thinking about this, this is your chance to get what you need back for yourself, right? Yeah. Um. And I, I often say to people like, you know, the upside of divorce is, is the time that you get to invest in yourself because as a mum, everybody knows what it's like in those first couple of years. You just don't get that time. And do you get that time ever, you know? So just lean into it. Lean into it and see yeah. it as a positive. Beautiful advice, Sam. Now, you didn't sweat anywhere near as much really? as I expected you to. <laughs> Maybe we should do it with wine next time. <laughs> we don't. yeah i'm down (laughs) all right sam thank you so much for all of your time you're amazing um can't wait for people to hear this and tell us what they think uh, about their co-parenting arrangements you're more than welcome thank you thanks for listening i hope you took something of value out of this episode i'm your host becca maxwell and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on instagram at dodivorceright i look forward to connecting with you there